Yeah, I know a lot of people here this evening, um, but there are some people, some faces um, that I don't know. So just to give you a little bit of, uh, bit of background of uh, who I am and uh, why I'm standing up in front of you this evening. Uh, so Pete Green, uh, I'm married to uh, a beautiful woman sitting at the front there, Michelle. Um, we have uh, two fantastic children, Tom and, and, and Bethany and uh, uh, Max, we've got a dog called Max, um, <laughs> he's, he, you've got to mention him, you know. if you're a dog lover, you've got to mention your dogs, um, so Max, uh, police officer, um, I work in East London, um, I work for the Counterterrorism Command uh, at the present time, so as you can appreciate it, you know, what's going on um, all over the world uh, and in this, in this country, uh, you know, the UK, uh, very busy uh, at the present time. But that's what I do. Um, we've been here at uh, Friends and Free since 2005, um, so nearly 10 years now, so part of the furniture. Um, we came from Romford, and uh, before that... Um, I come from East London, uh, as you can probably tell with the accent. Uh, so we've, we've gradually, gradually moved out uh, and, and we've landed here at uh, Frinton Free Church. Since uh, being here in uh, 2005, um, I've been in, you know, getting involved in all sorts of things. Um, men's ministry is one of the biggest uh, things, but we've done some, done some stewarding. Um, also done some mission to Romania. Uh, as well, uh, with Sylvia Brown, went over there with uh, with John Hills, as as a lot of you know, uh, went over there. So that was a, it was a good time as well. So um, lots of things have happened, and uh, you know we we listen to God, uh, and you know we want to um, you know do His work and His will, um, and hence why I'm sort of standing up here in front of you now, because um, I felt that. Uh, God was calling me to, to do this, um, and, and we've wrestled and argued, and uh, he's won. Uh, so hence why I'm standing up in front of you this evening. So this just gives you a little bit of a background of, of who I am. Um, the situation that Ben was talking about earlier, uh, when we went to... Uh, we went to Homelands, uh, talked to the, to the men there. Uh, it was a good evening, but, uh, oh, God, I've got a friend. Uh, so, uh, we went there for the evening, and, uh, the, the situation that the guys were interested in, just to put a bit of clarity there, um, we was talking about obviously being a police officer and some of the things I've got involved in, and, uh, he's alright. Yeah, I, I might get him to take over later if I, if I, if I, if I dry up. He's alright, you're alright, yeah. Top man. Uh, so yeah, so we um, so, so I was talking about a situation uh, you know, being a police officer, and what happened was one day I was uh, I was doing something. I was going back to to uh, Brick Lane, so I was working in Tower Hamlets. I was crossing a crossing, uh, and as I was crossing, it was just me and another guy, an older guy, must have been sort of late 60s, early 70s, uh, was walking towards me. Uh, we never said a word to each other. Uh, he looked at me, uh, I looked at him, I was in full uniform, police uniform, I looked at him, I gave him a little smile, and as I did that, he hit me across the head with a golfing umbrella. Um, and, and broke, the, broke the umbrella on my head. Um, I did have a police helmet at the time, so uh, that sort of saved me. Uh, and then it sort of uh, we unfolded, and, and all sorts of things happened. But that was the scenario. That was the situation why the guys were interested. But they were actually interested in what Ben said more than my story. It was just a humorous story. So this evening, um, we're going to be looking at God's Word, and we're going to be looking at, uh, at Matthew in particular. So I'm just going to read from the uh, New International Version, the Bible, and um, let's listen to what, uh, what, what God wants us to, uh, 
to hear this evening. So we're looking at Matthew uh, chapter 4, we're looking at 18 to 22. And this is uh, the calling where Jesus calls his first disciples. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets, followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in the boats uh, with uh, their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boats, and their father and their father followed them. Um, fantastic words, very powerful. We're just going to unravel that a little bit. But, uh, but before we do, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, and before I ask you that question, um, I'm going to, I want you to picture a scenario. And this scenario is this. You're walking along a beach with a friend. Um, it's a cold and wet day uh, in December or uh, February. Um, there is no one else on the beach, just the two of you. Uh, a couple of minutes you're walking down there and you hear a person struggling in the water the person is being carried out to sea uh, and they're shouting for help you look around to see if anybody else uh, can help but the beach is empty uh, you search for your mobile phone uh, but you remember you've left it at home likelihood, likelihood of that happening today but there we go on this scenario you've left it at home you think about uh, running for help but there is no time, as the person is not going to survive in the cold water um, if you walk away. Your friend sees a rowboat uh, and runs towards it, pushes it into the water and then jumps in. He grabs the oars and goes to you, come on, let's go, we need to rescue this person, we need to save them, it's down to us. So my question is this, are you going to follow your friend and go rescue this person in need? or not. Now I know there's many different people here tonight and um, I'm sure if we had time to go around the room there'd be many different responses to that particular question. Uh, but I feel that there are three uh, main responses to this question. Uh, we're just going to have a quick look at them now. So response one, you may well say this, uh, I'm not going. Uh, I know I'm being called um, but I'm not going. Uh, I will wait here for somebody else to come along and save this person. Response one. Response two. I want to go. I really do, but I'm frightened. I don't feel equipped to rescue anybody else. And what if I fail? I think I'm safer where I am. Response three. Uh, I'm in. Let's go. Uh, I know it's scary, frightening and challenging, uh, but somebody needs rescuing, so count me in. Uh, while you take a few minutes just to think about this response uh, to these questions, uh, I'm just going to show you a quick uh, film clip. Uh, most people have seen this uh, film. It's a 1997 blockbuster movie of Titanic that was made famous by Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. Uh, the film is a true story about a ship uh, that was said to be unsinkable. Uh, but in 1912, in the North Atlantic Ocean, the Titanic, the Titanic hit an iceberg and began to sink. 
the clip you're about to see is the one uh, at the end, the boat sank, there's people in the water, and this is the bit about the rescue boat, it's half empty, and it's about them going back um, to try and rescue people. I'm not sure what uh, you were thinking when you saw that clip, um, whether it influenced your decision about the question that I asked you a few minutes ago. Um, but for me, when I see that clip, and it's quite a disturbing clip, I can't help but think, you know, why didn't they go back a little bit earlier, you know, to rescue these people? Um, and that last little clip, when you hear the guy that was in charge, um, you know, when he's looking out and obviously he sees the, the lady frozen with a baby, uh, and he says these words, you know, we waited too long. Um, you know, and we just can't think, you know, what happens if they'd have gone back that little bit earlier? They could have saved you know, a lot of people. I suspect the reasons for, for waiting so long, um, you know, there are probably many reasons, but probably one of shock. You know, they were on a, a boat that's, that they said was unsinkable, uh, and on its maiden voyage, it sank. Um, so it was one of shock uh, amongst the guys. Um, one of fear. You know, they're in charge. There's, you know, there's panic around them. You know, they're fearful about perhaps going back. Uh, to try and rescue people in case, you know, they get turned over and next thing you know, you know, they're in the water freezing to death. Um, so there's lots of things there uh, that stop them acting earlier than they should have done or could have done. Um, but in the end, they made the, the brave choice and uh, they stepped out in faith, in faith uh, and went fishing uh, for survivors. Now, what's all this got to do with the reading of Matthew's Gospel? Uh, that we read a couple of minutes ago. Well, let's just have a quick look at it again, just to refresh our minds. So, uh, Matthew 4, the calling of the fishermen. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Well, Jesus was on a rescue mission uh, to save all mankind from their sins, but he did not want to do it on his own. Jesus wanted a team of passionate and fearless believers to follow him because when he had completed his part in the mission which was the death on the cross he wanted the disciples to start their part in the mission of spreading the good news across the world. We see here Jesus enlisting Simon called Peter, Andrew, John, James to join in his kingdom mission of spreading the good news and saving the lost. This call from Jesus changed the lives of the fishermen forever. But because they were obedient and took the step of faith, Jesus embraced them, equipped them, and used them in magnificent ways. Just as the fishermen called all those years ago, we are also called by God to step out in faith, to be a witness to people, whether this is at work, or in our personal lives, or in our social settings. God wants us, us to be passionate about serving him and fearless in stepping out in faith to share the good news of salvation with everybody we come across. 
Now I love this piece of scripture because it not only does it speak to me personally, um, but it also shows me that God will use every type of person for his work. Jesus could have chosen anybody to become his disciples, but he chose the fishermen first and foremost. Fishermen in Jesus' days uh, weren't your typical 21st century male. Uh, They didn't fluff their hair in the mirrors. Uh, shaving or waxing all different parts of their bodies to make themselves look beautiful Uh, wearing designer clothes uh, or sitting around sipping cappuccinos in expensive coffee shops these fishermen were rugged individuals they were adventurous outdoors types um, who were mostly uneducated they were full of testosterone and as hard as nails you don't spend them types of hours, you know, many hours, day in, day out, seven days a week, in hot and sometimes extreme weathers, dragging fishing nets uh, in and out of boats, day and nights, without building some type of strength or character. These were real men who were down to earth, who Jesus called to follow him. Simon, Peter, Andrew, James and John knew straight away that they were being called Uh, to a mission that was much bigger than them and their livelihoods and they didn't hesitate to step out in faith so you see anybody can be called uh, that includes you and me I said that this piece of scripture speaks to me personally Uh, well it has spoken to me profoundly twice uh, in my Christian life uh, and I want to share uh, one of them occasions with you now in 2006 I was uh, reading the Bible at home when I read the amazing words, Come follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. These 11 words jumped out of the pages uh, at me and at that very moment I knew what God wanted. God wanted me to reach out to Christian men to bring them together in unity and to build them up and support them wherever possible. Um, I was also being called to reach out to non-Christian men to show them that Christian men are just the same as them. That Christian men, Christian men were down to earth, ordinary blokes uh, who liked watching or playing sports like football, uh, golf or rugby, uh, going out for a curry uh, and a few pints. Uh, now I'm sure that not all Christian men like doing that, but uh, you get my gist. Uh, I was being called on a mission to share my personal story uh, of coming to faith with as many men as possible and to let them know that Jesus Christ loves them uh, and that he died on the cross for them and that he wanted them to be saved. Now this calling was very strong um, but I had never been involved in a a ministry before. I didn't know how to set one up or get involved uh, and I'd never shared my testimony or my faith before uh, so I was a little bit nervous uh, about this calling. I can remember praying to God uh, and having a conversation uh, which went something a little bit like this. Father, I think, uh, I think you are calling me to be a fisher of men, but I think there are better men in this church uh, that, who could do this much better than I can. A little short pause. Uh, Father, I think you are calling me to be a fisher of men, but I don't feel equipped to do it. And I'm a bit afraid of stepping out of my comfort zone. And there are better men in this church that could do it better than me. So I'm not in. A couple of minutes later. Father, this calling is too strong for me to ignore. And I do believe that you want me to serve you in this way. 
So please take away any fear I might have and fill me with your passion for this ministry. Please walk with me as I step out in faith and keep me strong when times are tough. And may this mission bring you glory. I am in. Well, what happened next? Well, I was introduced to uh, Peter Simpson, who a lot of you know in this church. And uh, at the time, God was speaking to Peter, and he went to uh, Albury, uh, as I went to Ben, and then they put us both together. And with a couple of other guys, we sat down, and the Frinton Free Men's Ministry was born all them years ago. Now, the result of us stepping out in faith uh, was that a strong ministry was built on solid foundations and is still going strong today under the leadership of Martin Haynes uh, and his team of guys uh, who are a strong ministry. And not only have they kept it going, but they've actually took it uh, that step further. And it's a fantastic ministry. If you choose the third option of stepping out in faith and following God into ministry, mission, or any other service, then you will be taking a risk. But I strongly believe that God wants us to be risk takers. Uh, I'm just going to share with you six reasons now why I think we should be risk takers. Number one, great otherwise unforeseen opportunities often come from risk taking. God wants us to take opportunities. How many times have we been in situations, uh, in whatever setting that may be, an opportunity has come our way to talk to me about our faith or whatever it may be, and uh, it's, it's gone, we've missed it. So just a little bit of encouragement, if we take that risk and talk to people about it, uh, about God and about our faith and what Jesus has done, then um, you know, we will be blessed. So take them opportunities when they arise. Number two, Taking risks shows confidence and helps us stand out so people can see God working in us. So when we take these risks, you know, we get elevated up, we get put on a pedestal, somewhere we don't particularly want to be, but situations, that's where we end up. But as long as we do it for for God's sake, then um, we will be fine. If we do it for our own sakes, then once we fall off that pedestal, and we will fall, then it's going to be a hard old ground that we're going to hit. Number three, we learn from risks and those lessons may lead us on an important new path as we follow Jesus. It opens doors for us. So we take that risk, it could well lead us down different paths where Jesus wants to send us. It doesn't necessarily mean that we actually want to go down them paths and that's normally the way it happens. We want to go this way, Jesus says no, we want to go that way. But if we listen and we step out uh, in faith, then he will open the doors for us. Number four, Godly success won't fall in our laps. You have to pursue it. Step out in faith. Yeah, as we've heard, we've got to go and we've actually got to do something about it. Sitting down, you know, in our comfort zone, in our, in our homes or in here, um, is not the answer. We have to actually get up and go and do something about it. Number five, you don't achieve your dreams of serving and pleasing God by playing it safe. Now, we all have dreams. Um, I have massive big dreams about going out and, and doing God's work and, and saving hundreds of people. Um, and, you know, I'm there for God to do it. But they're my dreams. It's no good me just sitting at home, watching the telly. Um, you know, the people that I want to go and save are still out there. I need to actually get up and do something actively about it. So that's what that one is all about. 
And number six, embracing risk-taking helps you overcome a fear of failure. God wants us to be courageous. So to have the fear of failure, we do all do it, don't we? You know, we see something, a challenge, we want to go and do it, but straight away we think we're going to fail at it. Um, but we need to take that risks. Whether we fail, whether we don't fail, God's going to be there. You know, if we trip, he's going to pick us up. He's not going to let us fall. But we need to take them risks. Now, these are all good reasons why we should take risks. But remember, when we take a risk for the Lord, then he will always be there with us. Um, and remember what God promises us. Now, if we look at Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20, this is the Great Commission, which I'm going to read to you now. This is what God promises us. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And they're fantastic words. So it's Jesus' command, yeah? His commission. He wants us to go. Yeah, go out into the nations, baptising people in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything and his commands. And he will always be, not sometimes, maybe always be with us to the very end of the age. Fantastic words, fantastic scripture, very encouraging. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask you another question to leave you with. And the question is this, when God calls you to step out in faith and to follow him on his rescue mission to spread the good news and to save the lost, are you going to stand by and do nothing, make up excuses why you can't get involved, or are you going to be a risk taker and say, I'm in? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just... uh, I want to thank you so much for being here this evening and uh, the words of scripture from Matthew, uh, one of calling your disciples and we are your disciples as well, Father, and uh, we know that you're going to call us into many missions and ministry and service and we just pray, Father, that you be with us now and that we will be risk takers and we will say yes to you and step out in faith. Father, we believe that if this happens, that you know, magnificent things will happen. Uh, but we need your strength to do it. So be with us now, Father, um, as we answer that last question about whether we're actually going to be risk takers and step out of faith. And we ask this in your precious name, in Jesus Christ. Amen.